Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harris here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope you all had a good day today. You know, this market has been uh, bizarre. I mean, this has been a this has been a crazy market for some time, has it not? You've heard me say it before. I'll say it again. I fault no investor. I fault no investor that wants nothing to do with this market. Why would you? Why would you? We have these massive rallies. And we have these massive sell-offs. And I'm talking about going back to um, uh, even before Rona, okay? But from Rona on, okay, we had the 37% five-week collapse, right? Uh, even before that, the 2018 uh, fourth quarter and, and Christmas massacre we had when the Fed was jacking rates eight straight times. And now here we go again. You know, we've got uh, the war broke out and now we got inflation driving crazy. I mean, the, the, we said it before because it just looks and feels like intentional destruction. It's, if it walks like a duck and if it, if it, if it talks like a duck, folks, at some point you said to have to say it's a duck. And, uh, you know, look, whether it's uh, the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab or Team Biden or these elite ruling class assholes that really are only in D.C. for themselves, you know, you look at what's happening. It's bad news after bad news after bad news. And so much of this is preventable. So much of this, like all of it, has been preventable. And I want to remind everybody, I see a lot of people now talking about the Federal Reserve and, well, they're finally getting together. They're finally getting together. They're finally doing what they should have been doing. They're finally jacking rates. No, no, no. They get no credit. They get no credit at all because they caused this mess in the first place. Whenever you see an economist is on television, and they're talking about inflation being anything other than money printing. You are looking and listening to a fool. And someone that's on the Fed's payroll, I can almost guarantee you. So i got a lot of issues with what's happening here. Uh, but I also think we've got a pretty good handle on this market. And I, I'll be honest with you. that I have not felt that way for some time, okay? Uh, look, we were, we, were, we were pretty confident about the lows when the fear and greed index got to 14. And we saw capitulation in so many areas, okay? We saw, you know, first shots fired, right? First shots fired with the war. What do you do? You, you sell your hedges and you buy equities. That's what we said to do then. That worked out. Very good strategy. But post then, it's been a very weird market. And Tyler covered this de in detail yesterday that this has felt, this last month move higher, has felt like a bear market rally. And it just does to us. This is how bear market rallies act. And to me, when I look at the charts, I just ran on the charts. So that's why I'm getting a little bit little start today. Chart after chart after chart of the major indexes, okay? You see the same thing happening where they, they, you know, they obviously, they've all, been, they've all been crushed, right? We had a, a legitimate bear market in NASDAQ, which fell as much as 23%. Never got to that level, by the way, in the Dow Jones, rest of 100. Or, or, or uh, even uh, Russell 2000. We did in the semis, though. But... They all rallied back to the 200-day moving average, and they, they failed. And that's what's, hap that's what's happening here. Uh, even the SP of 100, which was able to slightly hold its 200-day yesterday, fell back below today just by a little bit. But the others are textbook. Like, they got, got above the 200-day, then to the 100-day. Okay, remember, we don't just have resistance with the 200-day above us. We got the 100-day above that, right? So we're looking at everything like inverted now from the way you would in a bull market. And now they got to just above the 200-day. They got to, to the 100-day. I'm talking about uh, the Qs. I'm talking about NASDAQ. I'm talking about the semis. And then they got to the 100-day. And then, boom, chart after chart after chart, they all lost their momentum. Now, we covered this in detail. We told you that on the VR investing system that our markets were hitting short-term uh, uh, overbought, uh, extreme overbought, actually, on our uh, VR momentum oscillators. And that has served as 
the area of severe resistance over the last year. And once again, it played out almost perfectly right. Um, but, but what I think we see here happening, and I, I think there's some compelling evidence to this. I'm going to write this up tomorrow for our, for our uh, subscribers here. I think we see some pretty compelling evidence that, yeah, you know what? This market wants to go lower right now. It, it, it just does. We actually put on some uh, a, a, a volatility hedge today uh, in advance of what we think is going to be maybe a, a bit of a nasty decline in front of us. But we also think that the lows are in place. We also think the lows are in place. And you've got, this looks like a, a market that is transitioning to a value-oriented market. We certainly see it. All the defensive sectors are really driving the market higher. Some of these charts look fantastic. And commodities, energy, metals, etc. Miners, obviously. Uh, th these are what I call catapult patterns, where you see breakouts to new highs, and then you see a consolidation pattern. And they, they, you know, they're pausing, right? They're refreshing, getting ready to go to the next level again. But we just got it's a different kind of market because tech is not leading. And I'll repeat what I said before. If tech is not leading, you've got a very different kind of bull market. But you can still have a bull market. You just have to trade it completely differently than you do bull markets that aren't led by tech. So Anyway, I think we've got a game plan we're putting together here. Uh, we've beaten the market so far this year. Our, our focus, again, has been on, on defensive names, on value names, on commodities, etc. And, and that's worked pretty well. And, of course, our VRA 10-baggers. And that does always work. Those always, because these are story stocks, right? You find great companies, and, and they're going to thrive in a bull market or bear market. Obviously, you're better in a bull market. But great companies survive in any kind of market because they've got really good leadership. And that's the difference maker right there. Management's always the key, especially in a growth stock. But let's talk about the market. So I'll talk a little bit more about our game plan here and what we see happening underneath the surface here because it does look like this market wants to go lower. And it looks like in the short term, again, we're talking about short-term movement here, that the highs are likely in place for a bit as, uh, as this market uh, finds its footing at lower levels. Dow Jones today finishing off the lows after the Fed minutes today. Uh, Dow Jones was down over, I believe the lows I saw were, I saw. I think I saw down 380 at one point. Dow Jones finishing down 144 points. That was our winner on the day, down 4 tenths of 1% at 34,496. Our loser on the day was NASDAQ. Again, that's not what you want to see. If you're bullish, you don't want to see tech leading lower. Uh, NASDAQ today finishing uh, down 2.2%. Really never got a great rally going, down 315 points. Russ 2000 came in second as far as the losers go, down 1.4%. And SP500 down right at 1% today, down 44 points. Again, also back below its 200-day today. So now you've got every index. Every major index now is back below its 200-day and again, the VR investing system, we need seven days above the 200-day moving average before we believe it's, it's comfortably above it, uh, at, at least to, 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 from a trading point of view. And we just didn't get there with these indexes. So uh, we're looking for lower prices from here. Uh, but again, we do think, I think the lows are in place here. I really do. I think the lows are in place. And that we're now going to start searching for, uh, again, great levels to be buyers of equities again. You've got uh, groups like the uh, transports now. In, in five days, the transports have given up 14%, just been destroyed. Housing, breaking down to new lows. Tyler said it yesterday, hit new 52 lows yesterday, did it again today. But here you have a housing market that's incredibly strong. It's just a sector that's unloved. And so you've got a sector now that has gone from being the hot, one of the hottest sectors to the coldest sector because the algorithms have flipped. Instead of buying this group, they're shorting and selling this group. And, and that takes on a life of its own. 
But again, that's when you get unbelievable values. I think if you told most investors, if you told most investors, let's say, I don't know, two months ago, okay, that they would have an opportunity to buy housing 30% cheaper than it was, okay, 30% cheaper than it was just two months ago, I think most investors would go, how can I, how can I mortgage my own home to make that investment, right? So again, uh, Wall Street's one of the only places where, uh, where you can have a big discount and sell and people don't have an interest. You know, it's one of the old, one of the old lines. I think that's a Warren Buffett line and it's really true. So this is when you snap up your bargains. Of course, this is why we have our VR investing system to find the right sectors to be in here. And again, right now that just remains defensive. It just does. Uh, today, again, for example, uh, the defensive sector is finishing either at or very near to 52 week highs, utilities, healthcare, consumer staples, and energy, right? Uh, and then versus everything else, which is below its 200-day, and uh, charts are looking uh, pretty ugly here. Again, transport's down 14% in five days. Um, Fed today. So we had the Fed meeting today, not Fed meeting, excuse me, Fed minutes today. That's an important distinction because this really is old news at this point, is it not? This Fed meeting was from three weeks ago, folks. This Fed meeting was from mid-March, okay? So they said all this three weeks ago, and a lot's changed since then. You know, the 10-year now is 2.6%, right? So we had a big, big jump. And that does start to fulfill some of the, the role of what the Fed wants to do, which is, of course, get control. The Fed's not worried about a runaway economy, right? The Fed recognizes now that these inverted yield curves are signaling recession. They know what they're up against. This is not about slowing down the economy. This is about slowing down 40-year highs and soaring inflation. Again, a problem that they caused. But... They don't want to have another situation like the 70s. They don't have to act like Paul Volcker did when he jacked rates up to 20%. Yeah, 20%. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the carnage would happen in this financially engineered economy if the Fed has to get that ultra-aggressive, which is why they're getting out in front of it now. It's why they're jawboning the way they are. It's why Brainerd did it yesterday. It's why so many Fed chairs, again, did it today, essentially threatening essentially threatening that they'll do whatever it takes. But the Fed minutes today, again, from mid-March, uh, signaled that they are ready to, uh, they should have already done this, by the way, they should have done this last month, but at the May meeting, it's almost a given now that they're going to have a 50 basis point rate hike, uh, and that, again, they should have done it last month, and that'll probably happen at least at, at least one more meeting, okay? Uh, and that they're also going to uh, begin aggressively deleveraging the balance sheet, selling some of the bonds that they already own. $9 trillion worth, by the way. So they're going to, that schedule looks like about $95 billion in bond sales. They'll start, it's like it'll start taking place uh, uh, in May. Uh, so not even this month, but but next month. So, you know, you've got, uh, you've got a real situation here where, again, this is a problem that they've caused. They're kind of getting out in front of it, but they also recognize the problem that they have with these inverted yield curves and what they signal, which is almost so often, of course, the case, is a recession. But from the market point of view, and one of the reasons that we believe that the lows are in place and that we should start looking for buying opportunities, right? We want to hold our key positions that we have left now, maybe some hedges put on to protect against some downside action, but to begin looking for great buys. And here's, here's some points that, again, we've talked about this, but they're all happening at the same time. For example, the markets love rate hikes. They just do. I go back to uh, forever ago, really. Uh, my, my mentor, this was 35 years ago, used to talk about three steps and a stumble. 
when the Fed starts a rate hike cycle, the market goes up at least to the first three rate hikes. But remember, they used to be more scattered apart. So we're talking about a couple of years of rate hikes where the market could continue to rise. And on average, it has. Uh, also, so rate hikes are bullish. What else is bullish for the market? An inverted yield curve. The last four times that the inverted, we've had an inversion in the yield curve of the two-year and 10-year bonds, the market has gained, SP500 has gained, on average, 28%. That's the average, folks. Okay, so an inverted yield curve, yes, it may signal a recession in 18 months or so. But before that, it signals a sharp move higher over that 18 months to come. And, and then, by the way, think about what happens next. Think about what happens next. Then we're going to have more QE. Then we're going to have more rate cuts. This is the vicious cycle the Fed's in. They love it. It's financial engineering. They get to be the masters of the uh, financial universe. And this is exactly where they want to be. Finally playing catch-up to Japan, which kicked off this whole QE craze in 2001. And our Fed has been salivating the opportunity to do it ever since. And that's just the truth of it right there. Uh, but again, the market begins to discount these things, okay? And then the other thing is, you know, April. We're in the month of April, and April is very a very bullish month. 15 of the last 16 Aprils have been higher. Uh, so, and it's got a trend of being either the number one or the number two month. Although it doesn't quite hold up as much in midterm years, but still, April is known historically to be a good month to be in the market. So, again, we're looking for opportunities to buy, but we think in the short term, we've got some issues to deal with. So, there you have it, folks. That's our view. Let's go to the hood today. In our, in our, um, uh, in our internals today, we had, uh, let's see, quick refresh of some late action. There we go. Uh, these were... Uh, not good, not good readings. You know, the internals have been so much better this year. They really have been better this year, but that just has not been the case at all this week. NASDAQ today was uh, right at, what is that, uh, two and a half to one negative on advanced decline. Uh, uh, we'll call it about the same, two and a half to one negative on NYSE. Volume, uh, worse, volume was three and a half to one negative on NASDAQ and right at uh, two and a half to one, ne- uh, excuse me, three to one negative on, uh, on NYSE. And then here we go again. New 52-week highs and lows are beginning once again to get a little ugly. Today we had to combine 581 stocks uh, hitting new 52-week lows to just, uh, what is that, 130 or so hitting new 52-week highs. Uh, and our sector watch today, of our 11 SP 500 sectors, we had six finished lower, five finished higher, led to the downside by consumer discretion, down 2.6%. Technology, again, leading the way lower, down 2.5%. To the upside, utilities, again, utilities leading the way. Even with rate surging, utilities as a defensive sector are leading. That's an interesting story right there in and of itself. Up 2% today. Uh, Real estate, meaning REITs, uh, up 1.5% again today. Again, great yields. And uh, healthcare, also up 1.5% today. Again, those sectors are right at 52-week highs. Um, In our commodity watch today, pretty much a flat store today. I got to tell you, the chart patterns really do look sensational, though. These, I, I call these chart patterns, and we see we see all of them uh, really taking place in gold, silver, and the miners, and copper as well. What I've called catapult patterns, where you have great breakouts to, to new highs, either 52-week or all-time highs, copper all-time high recently. 
And then you have a pullback. It's kind of a consolidation pattern short term. Some people call that a cup and handle formation, which really looks like it's trying to form right now in the miners, for, for example, and in gold. Uh, but uh, And then you see a, a, just a massive move higher coming out of that, which is what we act- absolutely expect is going to be the case here. Gold today actually up a dollar an ounce pretty much all over the map today. I finished though at $19 and $1,900 and $1,929 an ounce. Silver, sorry about that. Silver up a four cents an ounce today after being up much, much, uh, much more. Uh, I saw it up over 1% at one point today, finishing slightly higher though at $24 and 58 cents an ounce. Copper uh, down to eight cents a pound at 471 a pound. Oil today, again, taking a, a pretty big hit, but interesting too, folks. Here's oil down almost 5% of the day, okay? Down almost $5 a barrel. Uh, right now, $97 a barrel. But what happened to energy stocks? Energy stocks finished up on the day. XLE, the energy ETF, uh, right now trading up 7 tenths of 1%. Boy, that's a big-time buy signal. It's the same thing we've been seeing in miners to gold. The, the underlying energy stocks are outperforming the underlying commodity oil itself, just like the miners have been doing with gold and silver. These are just classic buy signals for this group. Energy stocks don't care that oil is 97 or 105 or wherever it's going to go short term because these stocks are already way too cheap anyway. Again, trading it uh, right at 50% lower today than they should be just based on cash flow multiples. You can say the exact same thing about mining stocks. These stocks are cheap. They just don't really care what the commodity does in the near term. Commodity prices always matter in the long term. But right now, folks, these groups are cheap, and they're going to continue to move higher. That's our view. We've got a lot of exposure to these groups. I think you probably do as well if you're listening, and that's going to continue to be the case. Not only is it a shelter in the storm, but it's a place to be positioned for great gains because that's where the real value in this market is. Certainly, as tech continues to falter, uh, we have new leadership emerging, and it's just going to be a different kind of a market. That's just what it's, that's how we see it. And that's not a bad thing, by the way. It's a matter of fact, you're investing in things you actually understand in a lot of our cases is some of these tech companies are just impossible to figure out. Even the insiders don't really know what these companies do in many cases. And so we have no chance. But, you know, it's not hard to value an oil and gas company. You know, you know what their production is, right? You know what they have, the reserves in the ground are. You know what they're trading at price to cash flow, which is where most of these companies trade. You can see their historical movements and averages. It's not hard to do the math. Same thing with the mining stocks, right? And uh, this is that kind of market. And I think that's a good thing. It's been a while since we've had this kind of bull market in this group and in this market. And uh, we're very happy with that, by the way. I think it's going to be a fun place to be for some time because, folks, this is a the birth. We saw this in October of 20, uh, 2020 is when this started. I'm talking about the birth of a global commodity super cycle. These last on average five and a half years. Some last seven or eight years. Some a little bit shorter. But folks, again, we're just in, we're just in now the second year of a new global commodity super cycle. All the evidence is there that that's what this is. Of course, it remains to be seen how it plays out. But uh, but you've got a lot of reasons to own this group. A lot of reasons to own this group. And uh, uh, that's how we're positioned. We're pretty happy with that. My guess is you are as well. All right, folks, that's it for the day. Uh, no, Bitcoin, sorry. Bitcoin today uh, down 4%, down 1844 at 43885 As always, appreciate you listening. Hope you had a, a good day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.